Coming up tonight on your favorite podcast, it's another big football recap after a another interesting weekend in the NFL. I, t- I tell you what, I cannot figure it out. I continue to think that I've got a feel for it. I understand the league. Turns out I, I really do not. The Vikings win a three to nothing game in Vegas. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, the Dolphins lose a a crazy one last night. We'll talk about it. We also got news right at the top that, by all accounts, there's some reports out there. Tom Curran, I know, has had the report that Belichick is done at the end of the year in New England. May not be done coaching, but certainly done in New England. And that's going to be a conversation for sure. We have to get into the Kansas City stuff because I got to tell you, like, I turned into a huge Chiefs hater overnight. I uh, can no longer root for the Chiefs at this point. Pretty disappointed by that performance over the weekend. A lot to get to around the league. More backup quarterbacks. The Easton Stick era is going to begin with the Chargers. we got so much to get to. Ryan, Zach, me, next on the pod. Hey! It's the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. Nice to see you again. That over there in what looks to be a robe or a smoking jacket is Ryan Nelson Kane. Rhino, the hell are you wearing? It's a cardigan. But thanks for noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Killer <laughs> boots, man. Killer boots, man. <laughs> <laughs> This is my, this is my, you know, I, I wear this frequently, but I wear it around the house a lot because it's super warm. Hang on a minute though. Let me be clear. You wore shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops today. It was 28 degrees out when you walked into the school. Yeah. And now you're saying to me, Ooh, it's a little nippy. I need to throw on a cardigan. It's not that it's nippy. Sometimes I just like to, to be warm and sometimes I like to be cold and today I like to be cold and now I'm warm. Fair also, enough. I'm house. I'm housing some eggnog, and I thought I'd dress the spirit. <laughs> Appreciate that. There you go. Sorry, my computer is making a ton of noises, so I apologize for all those people who have to listen to that. And on the other side, uh, joining us this evening, as always, for a football recap, it's the coach. Uh, it is Zach, me neighbor. Zach, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, Ryan, will you wear a cardigan on the sidelines next year? If if we can get a uh, a Coon Rapids branded cardigan, I'll wear it. Do you want to go back to like 1950s football, Zach, and have everybody on the Cardinals wear like Letterman sweaters and wear, wear like a- uh, football football cardigans? Like they could look. I'll, that would be great. I'll wear the black knit cardigan with like the the red shirt and the black tie. <laughs> uh I I actually have my grandpa's Letterman sweater. Nice. From, you know, many, many years ago. And my daughter actually wore it for throwback day one to school a couple years ago. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, so it was pretty cool. Should we go back to throwbacks? See, the Letterman jacket is kind of playing itself out, and the jacket is kind of expensive. Do we need a new Letterman thing? Do we need to go back to the Letterman sweater, or do we need to go to a Letterman hoodie? Like, well, here, what, do we, what do we do now? This is here's the problem with the Letterman jacket. They you get a bar for everything now, right? They you really put do. Eight thousand bars on the side of their jacket. You know, my my dad and mom will talk about it, like because they you know we all went to the same school. 
Um, I think when my brother lettered, so then all of us had one at that point, um, the four of us took our, like, that was our Christmas picture that year, mm. right, in our letter jackets. But they'll, they'll, they'll tell you, like, you didn't get, like, a bar for every sport every year. Just, like, if you lettered one year, you got a bar, right? So if you lettered as a sophomore, you got one bar on your jacket for your sophomore year of all the sports. Interesting. You know, and then they had just the, the sports or whatever on the other side. Now they pump out, you know, a bar for everything and a special logo and a, you know, a mo- you get a, you get most improved and you put that on a bar and it's, it's such a money racket. It does feel that way. Like, yeah, I mean, so you're trying to tell me like your, your parents couldn't do like an all, like an all conference or an all section bar. Like if they made nope. the state tournament, they wouldn't get a state tournament patch somewhere or something like that. Nope. Wow. See, I kind of like the state tournament My mom won the state championship in basketball, and there was no nothing. Nope. I do think we award too much. Well, it's fine if you have awards, but you don't like – right. it's just that the fact that now that all of those awards mean put another bar on your jacket, put another bar on your jacket, put another logo, you know, like – and they're not cheap. My issue is people letter in clubs. Like there's too many letter. Like now you can get a letter for just about any club. Like it used to kind of be like you had to have some, the, the club had to have some status or you had to be a sport or an activity. Like, and, and I, I'm also noticing like one thing I, in speech, like I think the reason freshmen join our speech team is because my letter is the easiest one to get because it's more based on participation and showing up for choir. You have to be like in the concert choir and do 25 solos and, that's why we're doing the goddamn national anthem at literally everything, every pep fest, every staff meeting, because these kids need to get their solos in for all these letterman requirements. But I just, I agree. With, maybe we're giving too many letters out. Maybe we got to slow down on the letter. I, uh, I took some heat my first year as a softball coach because I didn't letter some people. And like, I'm like, no, this, we're going to have a standard, like, to letter in softball is going to mean something. And it, it was fine after that. I don't think I ever had an issue after that. Cause we were pretty clear. We were clear from the start on what the requirements were, but um, some people were hoping to get, uh, you know, coach's discretion and, and get one anyway, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm all for a change in the letterman structure. I think it's maybe high time for a reset because a lot less and less kids like to get the jacket and less and less kids are buying the jacket. It's like, well, I got the certificate. I'll frame that. I'll put that on at home. We're good there. I don't need anything more. Uh, like we're, we're settled. I don't need the coat to prove it. And maybe, yeah, maybe a change. Maybe it's a letterman hoodie. Maybe you got to go to back to the letterman cardigan. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at least open to having a conversation about that. I think it's okay to, to revisit these traditions every now and again. I'm pro school uniform. So I'm pro school uniform. I'm big school uniform proponent for the, for the record. My, my grandpa's letterman sweater there, you know, so they have a big Z on theirs cause he went to Zealand high school. Um, but then like the football, basketball, baseball, like icon is like the size of a dime and it fits on that letter. And then the little bar is on the letter. Let's Hey, let's go. Simplicity is the hallmark of genius. I'm all for it. 
I'm all for it. I think we should look into it. Let's consider it. It's also I'll, the the hallmark of depression era. That's also <laughs> fair. Yeah, <laughs> simplicity is also the hallmark of depression era sports. Yes, also true. Cannot dispute any of that. That's good. Um, guys, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Monday night games before we move backwards. So let's start last night and and kind of work backwards here. Because Zach, I know you watched the Packers game. I think the Packers were maybe feeling their oats a little bit, maybe reading the press clippings a bit. They turned the ball over a ton. Tommy DeVito, just, uh, you know, the Paisan keeps finding a way to, to win uh, and, and getting things done, and they win at the buzzer over Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay's not out of it because everybody else seemed to lose this weekend too. So they're, they're still a playoff team. They're right still now. very much right there, so really no harm, no foul, but a weird one. And then the Miami game, I went to bed – thinking Miami had won the game, and then I woke up to your text about them losing the game. What the hell happened? Uh, talk me through it. Zach, can you start with Packers? Uh, Ryan, jump in here as well. Go ahead, Zach. Wow. Um, so I'll, I will shock you. I did not watch this whole game. Um, part of that was just people not feeling well in our house and having to, you know, kids to bed. Caitlin in bed. Um, and so, but I did, I mean, I was paying attention to it the whole time. I think the frustrating thing is just consistency. And, you know, I mean, I'm not over overly disappointed like some people are today, but um, I also, you know, I, like I said last week, I feel like they're kind of playing with house money right now. If anything happens this year, but just the inconsistent special teams has been bad. Um, Pit boss Rich has not been as good as I had hoped. And uh, that's a tough one to lose. <clears throat> that's pretty much a good way to look at it. It is a well, tough and, one to lose. And and here and here's the deal. Like the Packers have had fourth quarter leads against Desmond Ritter, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kenny Pickett, and Tommy DeVito, and lost all four of those games. Boy, that's tough when you put it in that perspective. That's uh you know, I mean, I don't want to point fingers at Joe Barry, but I'm going to point a finger at Joe Barry. <laughs> well, this kind of comes back to the conversation we had last week, right? Where you're going to have some pretty good highs with a young team, but you're going to have some lows too, right? Where this is this as disappointing as this loss is for Packer fans, this is kind of the the ride you're going to be on with with a young quarterback and young receivers, and you know, they the offense wasn't the problem yesterday. They looked pretty good. You know, but defensively, you're not, you're not super old either. They did turn it over a bunch, but yeah, you're right. They moved the ball. They had no problems moving it, but it's, this is again, this is the, what you're going to deal with, with a young football team. I'll I'll say this. this. I think, I think love is closer to Favre than he is to Rogers. Hmm. He's got, he's got some of that, uh, gunslinger. Yeah. Like I'm just going to chuck it out there and make things. And I mean, Hey, it worked out against Kansas city, right? I mean, he floated that one deep to Dobbs and threw the touchdown pass to Watson into traffic and, you know, some of that stuff. But um, And Watson I, didn't play yesterday, too, again, right? Another correct. game where he just decided, you know, just another game where he's, he can't play three games in a row, just can't do it. Well, he just, I mean, he crumbled on the sideline last week. Yeah, it's but, true. But, I mean, he's just hurt all the time. I just feel like he's, you know, after a while, you're just not, you're just not a healthy player. You can't, you just can't be trusted to be on the field ever. Right, I mean, I think there's some fairness to that, you know. I mean, but I, 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 I would take, I would take that category too. Should we? What'd you say? 
said maybe Justin Jefferson's moving into that category yeah, as well. That's I, was, I was just going to ask you, are we going to have that same conversation with the Vikings now? We or? certainly can when we get there, but so you're, so, but I mean, do you, they're still in this thing, right? They're still, and their schedule's not bad uh, for green Bay. It sets up okay for them to finish the season. Do we still like green Bay as a playoff team to maybe ruin the eliminator? Is it still going to be them or is it now going to be like the Rams sneaking into this thing? I'm going to throw a scenario out at you on this question. Mm. Um, I'm going to give you Green Bay's last four games, just so our listeners know. They've got home against Tampa, at Carolina, at Minnesota, home against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Right? I would say of those of those four, Minnesota and Chicago right now are probably the two toughest teams to play. Right? Tampa looks like they're kind of falling apart. Carolina's been bad all year. Those last two games are, are tough. Tampa's the four seed. <laughs> Tampa doesn't look good though. No, I think we can agree that it look good. No, nobody nobody in the good South seven, looks yeah. good. Six and right? seven leads the division. Yes, I take Green Bay over Tampa. Is what I'm saying. I think it's more of a coin flip with Minnesota and, and Chicago. The way Chicago's been playing. Here's the Detroit Lions schedule the rest of the way. Denver at home at Minnesota, at Dallas home against Minnesota. All dome games though. All indoors. No, no outdoor grass games, no weather conditions. Listen, no I, nothing. I know where you're going with this and I would have been excited for it. Had Green Bay look good and won last night. Yeah. But again, but again, Green Bay is a team that has some highs and has shown they can beat just about anybody at this point. Yes. Yeah. It just, it, it's you, you have a to tough game up. last night against, against the Giants, but it's tough yeah. to make up three games with four to go. That's the problem. Is I'm that not even. Sa- I'm not saying Green Bay is the one that wins the division. I'm saying, what if Detroit doesn't make the playoffs? Oh, stop it! Stop it! Stop! T- no, come on now. Of course, if, they're going to make the playoffs. Stop. If Detroit. If Detroit loses out, Green Bay wins three of four, and Minnesota wins out. Or I'm sorry, Minnesota wins well, three of four. Minnesota's going to win out. All right. Yeah. No, Minnesota wins three of four. Green Bay wins three of four. Detroit loses out. Detroit misses the playoffs. There's no way. It's not going to happen. That's well, you'd not- also need another team in there, too. You need Los Angeles or Seattle or... That would be... I, I, my, my, for my money, it's 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 LA. But that's but because... But LA's also got, they, six and seven. They're also three and, back. And I'll just LA, say, yeah. I LA think- can go three and one here because they've got Washington, New Orleans, and, and the Giants before they hit the, the Niners at the end of the year. I just... I think Detroit's in. I did three games with four to go is tough and, and not even three losing three of four, right. Or making up three games only pulls those teams into a tie with Detroit. And I don't know what the tiebreaker scenario would be with. Well, if, if Minnesota would win the tie because they play Detroit twice, if they win both those games. Yep. And I, I, if, if this machine is right, that I'm, I'm running this through green Bay holds the tiebreaker over Detroit. I don't know what that tiebreaker is, but the machine spits it out that Green Bay comes out ahead of Detroit. Ryan, there is no evidence to suggest that Minnesota or Green Bay is better than Detroit. There's no evidence. None. There's well, no Green evidence to suggest them. that. Yeah, Green Bay did beat them on Thanksgiving, but I'm saying like if we're going to look at, okay, they, I get it. The Lions lost to Chicago on the road. Not a good performance. Not good. I'll give that to you. The, the Vikings won a 3 nothing game in Vegas. Three nothing. Minnesota's got a top five defense, Tim. Three nothing, and they're on their the fifth top five defense. If you can stop a team from scoring, you can win any game. That's all I'm saying. 
right? I'm not saying Minnesota's a great team or their offense is phenomenal, but they've only given up 20 points four times this year. Ryan, how much alcohol have you poured in your eggnog tonight? (laughs) I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) They're on their fourth quarterback, and Jefferson can't stay on the field. Jefferson's going to play this weekend. He took one hit, and he had to go to the hospital. It was a hospital ball. What do you want? The hospital checked him out and said, bro, there's nothing wrong with you. Get back to the stadium. They They checked him out, and they said there was nothing wrong with them there. The team sent him there. What do you want, Tim? Oh, for crying out loud, and this, man. This comes at, look, all right. We're going to talk about this right now. This comes after you mischaracterized what I said on last week's podcast on your podcast with Ty. What did I say? On your it's podcast so incorrect. Ty, on, on the podcast with Ty, you accused me of saying Travis Kelsey's having a down year. You did say that. And questioning whether Taylor Swift was the problem. I did not say he was having a down year. I said he's disappeared the last three weeks. And I was asking if we were concerned about that. All right. Don't mischaracterize me and sick the Swifties on me. Because it's a real threat and they will find out where I live and I don't need that ass. Uh, the Swifties would come for you regardless. You can't say a negative word about Kelsey or the Chiefs or anything. We're going to get to the Chiefs in a minute, but you can't say a negative word. You can't say stuff like that. This, this coming from the guy who's about to light them up for the way they handled the refing. Which, by the way, I almost hung a banner on you for defending the refs again. For what? What did the refs do wrong? What did they do wrong? I'm just saying I almost hung a banner on you because it's your, it's, your, it's your niche. It's your, bi- it's your beat. It's not my beat. You can't, it's because guys like you want to have it both ways all the time. And it drives me crazy. Mahomes wants to have it both ways. I'm not that. I'm saying call the penalties that are there. It's over legislated. It's not the referee's fault. Yeah, I've said call, it a hundred times. The, call the pass interference in the end zone on Jordan Addison and the guy taking his helmet off. But they're used to getting warnings and leeway in Kansas City down there. I'll, I'll say this with, with the... I. Mahomes at the end post game, right? He says something to the effect of like, I want teams that, you know, the players should decide on the field. That's why I didn't say anything last week on the pass interference call, which I thought was funny. Cause like, well, now you're bringing it up. You know, <laughs> you try trying to take the high road by, <laughs> by not you know. taking the high road. Right. But it's also funny. He, he didn't say a whole lot when it was that penalty last year in the Super Bowl. You know, uh, they called a kind of nickel and dime penalty there, but, uh, you know, he was not complaining about that. He wanted that called at the end I'll, of the game. I'll say this. There's a difference between a pass interference call and lining up offsides. Yes. Right? Like, lining up offsides is, we have a pretty clear idea of what is offsides. Yes. Right. And he was offsides. There's no arguing that nobody's arguing that he wasn't. Right. Have you noticed that? Right. Yep. Like nobody's nobody's arguing that he wasn't offsides. They're arguing whether or not it should be called. So that's clearly a penalty where you can make arguments on, you know, hand fighting, letting guys play for the ball, whatever. And so I think that's the biggest difference in this. Um, they do come off pretty, pretty weak. Um and especially for a team that's benefited from a lot of calls. And that that's part of the game, but just the pouting afterwards gets to be a bit much. The problem, too, is like the flag, you can see the flag is in the air before Mahomes even throws the ball. 
Like the referees threw the offside flag. Now you could argue, should they blow it just dead? Like a false no. start. That's yeah, not I, the way may, the rule is though. Yeah. And that's not the way the rule it, it, Cause it goes both ways, right? When the defense is offsides, they let the play happen and they're always like, Hey, free play, free play. Well, isn't that now a free play for the defense too? Correct. Like, I mean, defense could get a pick here and take it back the other way. And so I, I can listen. I mean, if you want to have that conversation, but I think Richard Sher- Sherman said it right. And he, and I don't agree with Sherman on everything, but he was like, Hey, every freaking call in this league is geared to the offense. Every single one. And this is like one check on the offense, one check and all, and everybody gets upset about it. It's like, they don't warn the defense. You know, it's like, they don't warn the defense when they're offsides. It's like, it's ridiculous. No, no I, I will say this. Like the warning thing is one piece of it. Right. But the wide receivers can line up and check. Right. You can you can turn to the ref and tell them you're on and the ref will confirm or deny. Right. Or tell you no. But there is the footage. I don't know if you've seen it. He walks up and he points at the ref, but he doesn't even look at him. Like he, he does the point to the ref to say, hey, I'm on the line. But the ref, he doesn't ever see the feedback from the ref. And that's I mean like basic stuff. But I think I see that happen a lot too. Yeah. But, you They've know, called it, it 11 times this year. And I understand that maybe they don't call it all the time, but it is what it is. But that's a good point because they, they did bring up like, Oh, well what, nobody's called this. You know, I think Mahomes said he's not seen it called once. Right. In his time or whatever, but they did mention, right? Like this is a point of emphasis now, especially because of the quarterback sneak situation. Right, yes. that's why it's being called is because teams are lining up offsides to do their quarterback sneak, and now that it's been clamped down on. So Ryan, I was pretty. This one bummed me out because Andy Reid and Mahomes are like two dudes that you kind of like in this league, and I just thought it was a really bad look, and it's kind of making me rethink everything. It's like it was a heel turn almost. Did the Chiefs officially like live long enough to see themselves become the villain? In this, I mean, league. I, I think the Chiefs jumped the shark after last year, but I mean that's the Taylor Swift thing that had so much attention on themselves this year. You know the the Kelsey Bowl last year. You know that it's it's been you know Chiefs one hundred percent of the time for basically three years. You know, and you can't fault them for being good. They're a good team, but I think you're right. I mean, it's it's. They're not exactly, you know, the the likable Midwestern team anymore. They're a juggernaut and everybody expects them to win every week. And it's not, you know, you know, are they one of the best teams? It's how good did they look? And, you know, for as bad as their offense is, it's still the number six offense in the NFL. Like it's all their problems, you know, get blown up because of how good they've been. And I think that for me, the the issue with the Chiefs right now isn't so much the reaction of the coach and the quarterback, because I think that they're just frustrated and they're taking it out on something that they want to blame. Uh, but the, the, the fact is that, you know, you don't have anybody riding out of that locker room. That's going to save you right now. Offensively. It's true, right? It's you have, you have now lost a, a, a few games this year based on preventable mistakes and things that you should not be mistakes that you shouldn't be making as a professional football outfit let alone as one of the the best teams in the league and the Super Bowl champions, uh, these are this is we just expect better from from a team like that, and and we're just not getting it right now. 
And I think that frustration's boiling over. I think that you can't go out there on, in the in the post game press conference and completely talk shit about Kadarius Tony or you know how suspect your defense has looked the last few weeks because it's not illegal for the defense to stop somebody, and and they just haven't. Right, the, this defense that looked really good for a few weeks has not looked good the last the last couple, and they just got beat. So, I, I think it's more frustration boiling it over than it is, you know, uh, a philosophical difference between me and, and the coach and the quarterback. But I don't know that they're the villains, but it ain't good right now. It's just one of those things where it's it, it's kind of adding to this storyline of like the league is full of a bunch of. I don't think there's other than San Francisco. I don't know if there's like a great team and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of great stories in the league right now. And so we're latching on to everything that we can latch on to, whether it's the chiefs kind of falling off or it's Tommy DeVito winning three games and his agent. Did you looking know like, he's the first Italian guy to play football? Are you, are you serious? Like well, nobody that's what from, acted like last night. My like, God. I mean, was, well, it's partly because his agent looks like he's right out of Goodfellas. Like he went home and got his shine box and, uh, and, uh, and went and whacked a guy on his way to the stadium, you know? See, I thought his agent reminded me more of like, uh, Michael Scott when they're meeting with the insurance agent. <laughs> <laughs> God, you got Yeti with a side salad. If it comes <laughs> on top, I send it back. I think to me that the, the Tommy DeVito story to me is more about the fact that he lives with his mom like 15 minutes from the stadium. And, and he's like, Tommy she, Cutlets, she makes, right? Hey, he's she Tommy. Makes, she makes him chicken cutlets every night and makes his bed and does his laundry and he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's, he's, a it's prize an, on, he's, you know? he's an Italian stereotype in New Jersey. And that's, that's where I think the bit comes from. And I think it's a good bit. I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say that. I think it's hilarious. I love it. Um, the fans have rallied around. around him and it's work. Like whatever it is, it's worked. Cause they definitely look a lot better. And he's not, yeah, his numbers weren't amazing last night. He threw for like what? 178 or something like that. But, like he's given them something, which is what I, you need to do when you're bad. I do think you're on the right path, though, Tim. Like, there's just a lack of juice right now in the league. I think, and I was thinking about this today. I think part of it is like not to beat this horse to death, but like we didn't need 17 game season. Yep, didn't need an extra playoff team. You know, because that's the thing. Like right now, it's like okay, there's a race kind of at the bottom for these last playoff spots, but it's a bunch of shitty teams. Yeah. Like, nobody's excited to, you know, if, like, ooh, the Falcons might squeak into the playoffs. Like, you know. And in the AFC, half the teams have their quarterback hurt that are in the playoffs right now. It's true. Well, half the teams in the league have their quarterback. I mean, there's so many guys. Well, like, look, how excited I mean, are you for Easton Stick? Well, like you're, you're sticks f- a winner, so yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite piece of hockey equipment ever, and now he's the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. Did you see his line in his press conference? No, he's like, "Well, I know NDSU is in the NFL, but I'm used to winning." You know, he's like 43 <laughs> and two or something in college. Like, no, I'm not even saying he looked all that bad. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot worse, but at the same time, it's like. I mean, no disrespect to Easton Stick, but that doesn't. I mean, they can't put asses in the seats with Justin Herbert. Like this well, is brutal. But but I mean, look at it now, right? Like the Browns are the five seed. Yep. 
they're playing Joel Flacco. It's true. Right? Pittsburgh is the good. six. Indianapolis yeah. is the seven. Like, those guys are all backup quarterbacks. And I like, are you excited for the first round of AFC football playoffs? Yeah, I mean, which one of those is going to be the Nickelodeon game? You know, the the It'll early the Jaguars versus whoever they get. Oh God, that's my prediction. I, that's not good. Uh, and and this we maybe you know and maybe we save all the NFL issues for next week's Festivus podcast where we air the grievances on everything that we think is wrong with the league and how they've disappointed us this year. Uh, but it is there's a lot of things. I know we talked about it a little bit in our tech stream about just like, what is the reason for all of this? And it's like, well, you're right, Zach, it's 17 games. It's the fact that they pass on 70% of the plays. It's the fact that, um, you know, they don't value the backup quarterback position. It's, it's, there's a lot, it's, it's everything, right? It's the fact they don't hit. It's the fact that they, that they never hit in practices anymore. They rarely ever practice. The Thursday night game has been a disaster. There's a number of things. That I think when we get to the Festivus pod next week, there's going to be a lot of league ver- league airing of, of grievances. And one of them is going to be that, I think. There uh, are a lot of them is going to be that, I would assume. Because yeah, you're right. We're getting to the end of the season and it's just about like, well, who's standing <laughs> at the end of the day? Like who's just who's left standing with bodies at this point? I don't really know because it it's uh, it's a disaster. It's been one of the weirdest years of football I think I've ever I've ever watched where I'm just not able to predict I mean think about this all the games last week where the favorites lost at Pittsburgh was favored over New England lost Atlanta was favored over Tampa they lost Baltimore was favored by seven over the Rams they didn't cover uh Detroit favored over the Bears lost uh Indy was favored over Cincy lost uh Cleveland won as a favorite. That was great. New Orleans won as a favorite. That's great. Houston, five and a half point favorites over the Jets. Lost. Uh, Vikings were three point favorites and covered or, or pushed <laughs> over the Vegas Raiders three zero. I think last week though it was almost all favorites. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, San Francisco won, but yeah, KC was a favorite. Lost. Chargers favorite. Lost. Dallas favorite. Won. Uh, Miami favorite. Lost. Packers favorite lost. It's just, you can't predict. Like, I don't know how the hell, you know, a Vegas has got to be making a shitload of money. Uh, it's the only thing I can think of. They've got to be just making money left and right because people are betting the favorites. Favorites are losing a lot. I wonder what the full numbers are on that. Like, I wonder how the favorites, Ryan, is there a number for that? Like, how are the favorites doing season wise this year? Like, is there a way for Vegas to tell us that? I'm sure that there's a stat out there, but I don't have it in front of me. Hmm. Might be something for us to look at. I wonder how Vegas is doing over this NFL season. It's been a just a a wild ride, and I'm kind of I'm I feel punch drunk. We're like we're in week 15, heading into the fantasy football playoffs, and I'm just like I got nothing left. I got, I'm just standing here, keeping my gloves up, just trying to not get knocked out at this point. It's brutal. Um, news reported right before the pod. Ryan sent us a text on this, and so I want to let Ryan talk about it a little bit. Tom Curran, uh, who covers the New England Patriots, he's pretty well connected there, along with some other sources, are suggesting that this is, that the fate of Belichick has been decided, that it was decided after the Germany game, that it's over for Belichick at the end of the season. Uh, Ryan, share with us a little bit about what you've got on that, and uh, let Zach comment. 
Well, I mean, I, I have what you have. I just sent me the text as soon as I saw it. But, I mean, he would – this would be the first time in my memory of watching football that, you know, Bill Belichick isn't on the sidelines in New England. Uh, I mean, it's been nearly my whole life that he's been the coach there. Uh, I don't know if we're – are we ever – I don't know if we'll ever see a coach like that again, right, where a guy's just on the sidelines for almost 25 years uh, – they're just at the helm, right? I mean, it's I can't think of another one. Maybe I mean, if he can kind of get through this rough patch, maybe Tomlin's that guy. Man, I don't think but, so. Uh, I mean, it's it's it, it's just it's a dynastic coaching job that I I don't know that we're ever going to see again. So it's I mean, he's obviously he's the the greatest. Other, I mean, you can make an argument for Shula, but I would say that you know he's probably the greatest coach of all time. And it was, it was done there. So, I mean, it's it's going to be weird, to say the least, to see a new coach in New England. Interesting move, though, Zach. Uh, new England, it's starting to leak out. Obviously, New England's not commenting on this, but Tom Curran's pretty plugged in. If he's got it, I'm going to assume that it's pretty accurate. Um, you wouldn't think this is it, though, for him. You think something's already in the works, you think, for next year, based on if this is true and this comes to pass? I don't know. I don't know if he'd want to or not. I I guess... It's hard to say uh, from my perspective. I I could see him just wanting to be done, um, but you know, like we've talked about, like it seemed this seems to be all he's done. So it's it's. I think that uh, I don't know if I'd be super excited to bring him on somewhere either, because he's I, how much longer would he have wherever he goes. Yeah, are you getting diminished returns? Right? You're getting a name. Are you getting, you know, are you getting Bill Parcells Dallas Cowboys? You know, are you getting Bill Parcells New York Giants? Right? That's kind of the question. Well, you know, I, what are you getting in the last end of this run? And I, I think, you know, I mean, you guys mentioned Tomlin. I mean, Tomlin's, what, five, six years behind Bill in terms of tenure. So it's yeah, about 07, 08, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think 07 was his first year. So, he, and Bill, Bill was 2000 for his first year. But I, you know, he's, I think the, the fans are growing tired of Tomlin as well. So he might be. That comes, there's something to be said for that too, right? Zach, you being a coach too, like just even at a high school level, right? It's lower. There is sort of a shelf life on the modern coach, which is to Ryan's point, right? Like the, the dynastic coach, the guy who stays 25, 30 years, the old high school coaches that would coach 50 years, you know, at one school feels like those days are long gone at this level. I would have to assume they're way long gone at the next level, but you would agree that there's probably a shelf life on coaching in one spot. Right. I mean, or do you think that that's maybe a little overblown? There's definitely a shelf life at all of it. I mean, the NFL, I think, is a little different because, um, you know, those guys are, are professionals, and while there is some turnover in the locker room, it's not the same. Um, you're also not dealing with parents and stuff like that. So, But, I, yeah, I think there's definitely a shelf life. I mean, the message gets stale after a while, especially if you're not evolving. It does feel that way. They did get the nice win. Um, as they beat Pittsburgh. And I think that's part of the issue for the Tomlin ire, right? Is that he's three and 10 against Bill. This was two straight games against two bad teams at home. You didn't win either one of them. I mean, they're still seven and six, but 
gosh, damn, nine and four looks a lot better than seven and six. And I think Steelers fans felt like they were going to get that. Um, didn't. And, and now they're, they're really chasing here uh, the, re- the rest of the way. So, Ryan, let's, let's put it back to you on this one then. If this is true, and Belichick is out at the end of the year, people talk Vrabel because a lot of people think maybe Vrabel's a little tired in Tennessee, although that was a pretty ballsy win. Uh, over Miami the other night. And that just kind of shows you that they still keep playing hard for him. Is it Vrabel? Is it an offensive guy? What do you think Robert Kraft is thinking kind of at this stage? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's Belichick was kind of, I mean, he was kind of new blood when, when he was hired in New England, right? I mean, he was, he had the the handful of years in Cleveland uh, before they moved the franchise and that went belly up for him. But I mean, he was, was he, I, I don't know the history of it so much. Was he a hot commodity coming out of New York when he was hired? He was. He was the, he, he was the Jets head coach for like a day, wasn't he? Right. Well, well the Jets he... and the Patriots basically hired him at the same time. But I, I thought that, you know, he was the, the DC in, in, for the Giants that year they won the Super Bowl, right? When he got hired to the Browns, he was widely considered, you know, one of the best defensive coordinators, if not the best in football. Um, that he was well-respected. He was kind of the architect of some of those Giants defenses. I mean, Parcells gets obviously a lot of credit, rightfully so. But, like, Belichick was, you know, doing a lot of the scheming and a lot of the play calling for the defense. And so I think he was, when he got the job in Buffalo or in in Cleveland, he was widely, I think a lot of people widely, you know, respected that hire. And then it just was a little weird at first. Things got off to such a bad start. He runs out Kozar. Well, that's the, yeah, that was the big one, right? Like, he was he was a legend in Cleveland, and they got rid of him. He does what every coach does when they go to a place and they want to you know put their name on something. They're like, I'm going to get rid of the guy because I want my own guy, and I don't want to share the fame and the popularity. And ran Bernie Kosar out of town, and he was playing with Eric Zier and Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, I wonder if if the next guy that they go after, I don't know if they're going to give him the GM role. Oh, the certainly not. Certainly for, not for Belichick. Uh, so you, you got to consider that they're probably going to hire a GM and a, and a head coach. So the GM I imagine would come first. And I think the head coach is probably dependent on where the GM comes from, uh, depending on the kind of team that he wants to build. Um, I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that wonders maybe if this is a spot for Rick Spielman to come back. Uh, Trader Rick. Ooh, that would be exciting. Uh, Plenty of podcast uh, material there. Yeah, I don't know who he'd bring back as a head coach. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if you like the kind of gruff defensive style, Zimmer's out there. No, uh, it's not going to be. Him. I think you know a head coach that would make some sense maybe is Lou Anarumo, who's the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati right now. Uh, Eric Bieniemy would would make some some sense there too. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Robert Kraft would hire a black head coach, but uh, what, is, what is this? What is this stuff? Trump guy. Trump guy. Oh, know. come on now. You can't say those things. What's wrong with you? I mean, I, I can because I just did. But Yeah, but you uh, can't say that. Uh, I wonder if maybe Brian Flores is is a guy that they'd cons- uh, he'd consider up there. Um, Why not? He's a Patriots guy. That's kind of where I'm getting at is you know, elite defense this year uh, was it, arguably, I mean, it's, it's pretty good in Miami before the, the stuff blew up with Stephen Ross. Uh but, you know, if they are legitimately blackballing him in the league, I don't know if New England would go around that. Uh, so it's 
kind of dependent on that. But I think Flores would make some some sense there. Uh, I'm kind of just, just chatting now. but you know, I feel like I'd want an offensive guy. Like you've had 25 years of Bill and it's been really successful. But don't you think like in this league of offense, you sort of need – like I'm learning that the most important relationship is coach-quarterback, right? If you don't have that, if that's not there, forget it. It doesn't exist. Like everybody loved Zimmer in Minnesota until Kirk showed up. And it was clear that Zimmer and Kirk didn't get along. Before you know it, that situation falls apart. Zimmer's out of here, right? Clearly McDaniels didn't get along with David Carr or Derek Carr. That didn't work. Before you know it, he doesn't, you know, he's not getting along with anybody in the locker room and he's fired. Uh, the It just feels like if you don't have that relationship, it, it's just not going to work. And even, did, did you see the game when New England wins? Zappy comes in, he hugs like his position coaches. He looks over at Bill and gives him like the nod, like... <laughs> Hey dad. Yeah. I brought the car back on time. Thank you. It said, and it was like a handshake afterward. It's like, boy, you can tell Bill has got a pretty frosty relationship with quarterbacks. Right. And, um, I just think you gotta have a vibe and if you don't have that, it's not going to work. And so I don't know how you go get that or who you hire to get that, but it's, it's definitely going to be interesting, but that was huge news. We want to keep an eye on that as the season goes, there could be four games left in the new England Belichick era. And I've been a Belichick Patriots guy for 24 years now. So it's kind of uh, emotional here for me, you know, don't like change. Well, I don't like change as you know, Um, but it is what it is. By the way, Giants won last night in the great eighties jerseys. What are we doing? Just bring them back. Please keep those jerseys. Every throwback Jersey has been better this year. I'm going to say it again. Every single throwback Jersey is better than the one they were wearing. Every single one, everyone. We agree. We agree on that. I'm glad we totally agree. The Giants jerseys are way better. It's not close. It's not close. I mean, even the I, I always think the helmet looks better, right? Like it's a better blue. The blue is deeper. It looks it looks better uh, all around. And and I think they do better in it. The logo is better the, too. The logo yeah. is way better. It's way better. Can we also agree that the uh, Seahawks jersey needs to be permanent, going back to the old 70s, 80s Seahawks jersey? Yeah, that the blue with the gray helmet. Oh my God, is that beautiful? Please go back to that. Their their current uniforms are the worst in the NFL. The worst in the NFL, and that's the thing. They might have the best throwback jersey and the worst current jersey. I don't those, know. Those Eagles Kelly green jerseys are pretty sick. The, the scuba uniforms with the neon green are terrible. yeah. That's though. Those are bad. Those are really bad. And just just stop screwing around. Go back to it. Even the Falcons, I would argue, just wear those old ones. The the red helmet. Just do that. I'm, I'm way in. Do that. All right. Time for the Eliminator. Uh, this is getting hard, guys. Uh, I'm starting to worry about our Eliminator. I think we're in really bad shape. Although we got a good break last week. Everything kind of broke our way, but Green Bay feels like they're still going to screw us. The Rams are going to screw us. Somebody's going to, unless the Bear and the Bears, if they come back, they'll screw us. So, like, we need those AFC South teams to win some games. Who, who have we not eliminated in the NFC? I'll tell you that right now. Um, uh, outside of the obvious teams. So I'm just going to go through the numbers here. Uh, we have Washington and Giants out in the NFC East. Okay. Carolina out in the South. Green Bay, Chicago out in the North. Arizona and the Rams out in the West. So we need, we need the Seahawks and the Falcons? Seahawks, Falcons, or Saints. Saints. That's a tall order. 
Well, I mean, they're all six and seven. No, I know. It's have just, have I, we eliminated the Buccaneers? No, we have not. Yeah, so we got them too. We got them too. So, like, we got the Bucks in there. So we need those South teams to kind of pick it up and get this done for us, I think. I. So who did we eliminate last week? Last week was the, the Raiders, right? The Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, well, which I, feels I like mean, a good pick right now. I feel like this is an easy one this week. It's the Chargers, right? Yeah. It's got to be the Chargers. Losing Herbert for the season. They're, five losing and the game. Eight. They're, they're way behind all those seven and six teams now with a backup quarterback. I think that's the easy one. Unless you really believe in Easton Stick. And they play Thursday night. I mean, why Brandon Staley would have been fired if they had a Sunday game, right? I think if so. they were playing on Sunday, they would have fired Brandon Staley. I think we'll, we'll wake up to the news on Friday in the morning that he's gone. If they lose. Oh, did Zach just spill? Don't hurt your elbow. No, I'm all right. I'm dealing with dogs here. Jesus Christ. I thought like you fell and your elbow shit the bed like right in front of us, and I was going to have to start like crying here on camera. <laughs> like This would have been no good. Like All right. I think that you're right. I think it is a fair and easy elimination. Plus, we got to knock some of these AFC teams out when we can. Because it is loaded right now. I mean, there's just so many teams. Uh, Chargers are an easy pick. There's too many teams to leapfrog. They're not going to catch back up. You got six I think they're teams out. at seven and six. My goodness. I know. Can somebody just win some goddamn games that they're supposed to in this league? Just one time. Uh, that would be nice. Do we have any prospects for next week? Like, if we look at the matchups for next week, is there anything that we can look at to say, like, hey, let's keep an eye on that for an eliminator? Well, as as difficult as it may be, we probably have to start looking at one of those AFC South teams. Mm. And I know that might be hard, but like, I don't know. I mean, the Saints play the Giants, right? That's so true. If they, if the Giants win that game. Then they're both six and eight. They're both six and eight, but I think it might be time, right? The Falcons yep. play the Panthers. If they lose to the Panthers, you're right. It might be time there, you know. And I know they'd still only technically be a game out of winning their division, but you know, there's four games left. We kind of got to make a decision here. I think. Yeah, there's also, there's so like, many teams that might screw us here big time. Still, Denver. I feel like Denver's going to screw Minnesota. us. Yeah, if Denver beats Minnesota, Denver looks like they're going to be almost a lock. Cincinnati, you mean? We don't. Oh, yeah, we play Cincinnati. Um, Denver plays Detroit. That's right. Denver plays Detroit, right? Um, So, yeah, like I'm looking around, though. It's like Denver, Houston might take a step back. Stroud might be in concussion protocol. Like Houston might be in trouble. Uh, But Denver looks good still. Green Bay might still be good for it. I that's I mean. It got better last week, but I still think we're we, we need some more help this week coming up. Damn eliminator. You're right, Zach. This was way easier when it was just six playoff teams, I think. The seven is really I, hard. I think a team that we could probably start to talk about next week if they lose this week is the Buffalo Bills. They lo- you get to seven losses in the AFC if you lose to, to Dallas this week. Plus, they have uh, a lot I, of tiebreakers they don't have, right? They, they're they not great in the conference or the division. Like yeah. They don't have tie. Like, that's the Bengals issue, too, right? The Bengals yeah. don't have tiebreakers on, on almost anybody. The the Bills the Bills basically need to win out. They need a bunch of teams to lose. So, yeah. if, they, if they lose to Dallas this week, don't forget they, they close the season at Miami, who might be playing for the one seed. Uh, Buffalo may be our next elimination if, you know, we're doing – the Chargers this week, if Buffalo loses big, it might be the end for them. 
Speaking of Buffalo, I kind of thought like the the hit piece on McDermott, and I'm not even saying hit piece as it was a bad thing, but like the piece on McDermott you thought would have been enough to maybe like end the season and then they turn around and win the game for him. Like what's happening? Like I, I, I don't know. Like McDermott went from like a pretty safe coach to all of a sudden like a hot seat coach within like five seconds. And maybe rightfully so, because it sounds like he obviously admitted he said it and he admitted that that was the analogy or something like that. But it's like, what on earth um, are we doing here? I, I don't know. But I was a little surprised to see the Bills play played like that for McDermott and how quickly that story went away after offsides gate. Uh, are you still thinking McDermott's in or is he still on the hot seat in your opinion, Ryan? I think it depends on how they finish, right? It's really easy to say you're not on the hot seat when you just came off a road win in Kansas City, right? I mean, that's... That's a kind of where you want to be, but I mean, you you finish the season with Dallas, the Chargers, the Patriots, the the Dolphins. I mean, two and two is not where you need to be to get in, no. but two and two looks like about where they're at in that schedule. And I, if you miss the playoffs with everything they've invested in that team. And it's starting to come out that because that wasn't the only thing that came out this week, right? That was the one that stuck because it was funny and it was memeable. Yeah. But the other thing that came out was his, his former assistant coaches saying they're winning in spite of him and that he doesn't let Josh Allen be Josh Allen and that the offense isn't called the way it should be called because his influence is too, too much in the offense as the head coach. And those are problems that owners look at and GMs look at when you've invested as much as you have into the players of this team, do we have the right head coach? They may be looking for a different head coach next season. Also, I found just, we won't have to talk about this, but I just saw this headline 10 minutes before the pod started that apparently there was a hunger games, quote unquote, hunger games culture in Carolina under Frank Reich, where coaches were going to the owner. I saw that. And I was like, I was trying to, I didn't get a chance to read the article because I was trying to be like, what does that mean? Were there like, tributes from different districts on the coaching staff and like were there what was going on there like how does uh, this work just, they basically were just saying like people were you know texting the gm behind the head coach's back or you know going to the Wait. owner with complaints and stuff like oh. that well and and those these stories seem to crop up at the end of coaching cycles right even though that was short and it was clearly wasn't working and people weren't happy People want to win in the NFL, and these stories are the ones that come up when a guy's about to get fired, right? That's what tells me that McDermott's on the hot seat. Mm. Those stories come out when it, when the sharks are circling, right? When 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 the vultures are closing in, they can smell you dying. That these stories start to come out. We heard it with Belichick earlier in the year. We got it with Frank Reich. We're getting it with McDermott. They're predictable stories. Uh, lastly, uh, before we get to uh, power rankings, this is my last one. I promise. Have to apologize to uh, our fans of the podcast. Um, uh, I was wrong on Josh Dobbs. I'm sorry. Um, I blew it and uh, didn't have good judgment. Didn't think with a clear head. Uh, read a study the other day that the average married man has sex 54 times a year. Oh, God. Uh, if that's the case, I am probably 54 behind the average and I need to get going. And so I wonder if um, my arousal for excellence in Josh Dobbs was just... Let's let's not forget, Tim. We can't blame you. It's your first year without Brady. I mean, you it's know, hard. Yeah, I mean, I don't have Tom. Just, like the fans with storylines, you're glomming on to anything, right? You now. know, and I was and, trying uh, to like, and I felt like I was trying to, 
Like, and maybe Tom had always sort of buoyed me through these dormant times um, in married life. And I, you know, Tom had always kind of kept things, you know, the home fires burning or whatever. And now I'm just looking for anything and uh, just reaching out for whatever I could find. And uh, Josh Dobbs was there and it felt right. And now it's, it's totally, now I've clearly found out it's wrong. You've you've lost Brady. You've lost Brady. You're losing Belichick. Yeah. Everything's tense up for you right now. Everything's it's just, it's really difficult. It's really difficult to accept these things, but I was wrong. And I want to apologize to my listeners on Josh Dobbs. I steered you wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, The football game on Sunday was, um, was indefensible. Worst football game. I think I've, I've ever seen in my life. Worst one, three, nothing terrible game. Can't say anything about it. Three, nothing. Thank God for Nick Mullins uh, to run us down the field and get a field goal. It was terrible game, terrible game, terrible uniforms, terrible quarterback, terrible stadium. Everything about it was terrible. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, Ryan will also be apologizing, um, to several different people. Uh, he told me that earlier today, he was going to apologize to Justin Fields um, he was going to apologize to Matt Eberflus and again, to... again with the mischaracterizing the things that I said, <laughs> I believe that my response, when you asked me if I was to apologize to anybody tonight, my response to you was a resounding thumbs down. <laughs> there was, there is simply no way I'm apologizing to anybody for any of my takes. Fair enough. Zach, anybody you want to apologize to? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I've got uh, any unbelievably terrible. I, uh, you know what? I'll, I have an apology, but it might come in the dad segment. Fair enough. So that's it. Just proof, Ryan. I'm a stand-up guy. I'm going to stand by my tape. I'll stand by things, and I will apologize when I'm wrong. One day you'll do the same. I'm not wrong, but go ahead. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, power rankings. Here we go. Uh, let's start with number five. Uh I don't know where to go at number five. I feel like there's 10,000 ways to go. I just kind of, you know, kind of flipped a coin a little bit for myself. Um, maybe I'll start this week for you. I took the Cleveland Browns at five only because out of all the guys with backup quarterbacks, Flacco might be the most reliable and defensively they're pretty good. Right. And they get the advantage of playing in crappy weather in December, January, and there might be some lousy weather games in the Ohio Valley uh, in December, January. And if that's the case, quarterback play may not matter all that much. And it might just be about winning 10, seven football games. And the Browns can win those because they play good defense. So I've got them at five. I'll take them there. Ryan. The number one defense in the NFL is the Cleveland Browns. And I don't want to copy Tim here because I, I wrote I wrote this down before before the pod tonight. <laughs> uh, I have Cleveland at five two. I I would I looked at at the other teams in the playoffs here, right? The other teams that are kind of on the bubble. I'd take them over Kansas City right now. I would. They can control the ball. They can play defense. Kansas City can't move the ball. I, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Cleveland over Kansas City right now. I'm taking them over Jacksonville right now. I'm taking them probably over the Steelers. I'm taking them over the Colts, the Texans. All those, all these kind of bubble teams, I'll take the Browns over them. I think that there's only a, a handful of teams that are legitimately heads up better than the Browns right now. 
because I think def- great defense is the equalizer in the NFL. If you can stop a team from scoring, sure, you can you can find a way to score a, a field goal or two. But if they're just straight up not going to score, and the Browns have done that most of the year where they've just held teams to nothing, right? They're not shutting the teams out, but like they're they're doing enough to hold them from scoring, right? If you I mean if you look at their schedule early on, they they weren't as they weren't as good, but they've gotten better as the year has gone on. Right? They've beaten Baltimore. Right? That's and that's a really good team. They're going to make an appearance later in my list, but I'm going to go with Cleveland here. Zach, I know you're not going to go with Cleveland. I have a gut feeling. Uh, I am not going to go with Cleveland and I'm a little confused by the Cleveland <laughs> stuff, to be honest. I don't know. My point didn't make sense. Maybe you guys are sharing gummies again. <laughs> I've been waiting on Ryan's gummies to bring those over, they, but he hasn't done that. Like, they just. Ryan's raving about their defense. They just gave up 27 to Jacksonville. But they beat Jacksonville. Well, they did, but it's not like. Yeah, that's a playoff team. Yeah. There's a lot of playoff teams. <laughs> There's literally a lot of playoff teams. <laughs> uh, all right. I debated a lot of different ways on this one. Um, I'm I'm going to have Philadelphia at five. Okay. Philly at I, five. I, I considered not ranking them after the past couple weeks and the struggles they've had. Um, but I'm not going to be a victim to the moment. Sorry, my dog's going crazy. So they, they agreed with you on Philadelphia. Uh, I'm not going to be a victim of the moment. Like some of these people are calling for the head coach to, they want, they want Frank Reich to come in and run the offense next week. Yeah. (laughs) They're my fifth team. I'll be right back. Yeah. You know what? I'll and and Ryan, I'll give you the four here. I have Philly at four. Um, I I can't give, I can't give up on Philly because they have 10 wins and you start looking around the league and it's like, well, yeah, they've lost a couple games and their defense stinks right now. But like, I mean, look at what they have everywhere. At least they have a starting quarterback. At least they have weapons. At least they have things that you like for the playoffs. Like you can't dispute that. We've seen this configuration work for them, right? They're just not gelling right now. You know what I mean? The the talent is there. They're in every game. They're not getting blown out by any stretch of the imagination. And they're losing to really good teams. Right. This this was a big stretch for Philly. You can't hold that completely against them. It's not. Right, they're they're not losing to Arizona, right? They're not losing to to New England, Arizona, New England back to back like Pittsburgh is, right? They lose they lose to the the Niners, and that was a blowout. I'll give you that. They lose by twenty points to the Cowboys at the end of the stretch. That was a bad one. They had just beaten the Cowboys a handful of weeks earlier, right? So that we know that they can be competitive in these games. We know that they can win these games. They just need to gel. They need to to, to come together a little bit, and they need to find their identity a little bit more. They gotta run the freaking ball. I, I just. I, I know point differential isn't everything, but if you look at Philly, you know, if you look at those top five teams right now in terms of record, they're all at plus 120 or more, right? The Cowboys are up at plus 188, and Philadelphia is only plus 20 right now. Yeah, they've been in a lot of fights, like yeah, just a lot, a lot of close, close games. Ones and, um, and like I said, I still have them at five, but they, they are struggling a little bit. So we have them at four. So, Zach, why don't you give us four? My fourth team is the Dolphins. Um, coming off that loss, they they had a chance to really move up in the rankings for me, but um, I just there's a lot of flaws with the other teams, right? If you look at if you just just go to ESPN and sort by record, you know they're 
they're tied for the fifth best record with Detroit. But all the other teams behind them, it's like Detroit has flaws. Kansas City has not played well recently. Jacksonville is looking more like a fraud, you know. And then you're down into like the Clevelands, the Vikings, the Steelers, you know. So I just kind of looking at what's available. Yeah, I've I've got them at four. Well, that's why I say things get dicey. That's why I couldn't. I, I Miami. I think I had Miami as top five, and then they lost like to Tennessee at home, and it's like, God damn it. That's a game you gotta have late in the season. You gotta have that game, and uh, it's just it's very interesting to watch. My uh, how about n- number three, Zach? Who do you got for three? I have the Cowboys at three. So do I. They they have come on. Um, I've been reluctant to rank them for a while, but I can't deny them any longer. Um, complete game the last couple weeks. Right, that Sunday night game, they looked like clearly the better team against the good Philadelphia team. Um, Will you apologize to Mike McCarthy? Um, <laughs> I mean, he he that well, no, because my my gripe was the way they handled things before. Yep, and he's clearly evolved. Yeah, it, it took him some time, and he's and he has said that. Um, but he has evolved, and he he is coaching well, and. It's not that he wasn't a good coach. It just he had, as we talked about earlier, his shelf life had run its course. Yeah, I think that's true. And he's doing some great. Yeah, he's doing some good stuff with Dak, and he's scheming well. And the Cowboys are playing good. And Dan Quinn's done a great job as the D coordinator. Like they've they've played good football. They just have, especially at home. They're a different team on the road and on grass, but yeah, on turf at home, seven and zero at home. At home, they're a very different team. So if they can win the division and host and have home games. Really tough to deal with, I think, when you get to the playoffs. Uh, Ryan, who's your three? I have Dallas at three, too. Do you as well? I also have Dallas at three, but I do want to say this back to Miami for just a second. The issue I have with Miami isn't that they lost the game. It's how they lost the game. Being up two scores with three minutes left and losing to that Tennessee team is a problem. Big win for Will Levis. Do you buy Will Levis? No. I mean... By him as what a serviceable starter, sure. As a big time quarterback, no, not yet. Don't have enough evidence on the big time quarterback front. I, I think he's fine. He, right? I mean, he's a the what the twentieth best quarterback in the league. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know. Just throwing something out. I mean, he he's fine. He's not. He's fine. That's a good word for him. Good. I think we will agree on the top two teams. Can we all agree Baltimore is the number two team? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Which means we all agree that San Francisco is the number one team. Yes. Fantastic. So maybe a little bit of discrepancy at the bottom of the rankings, but our top three is pretty steady. We know what we like up there at the top. And there is a real chasm after five. You're absolutely right. There is just so, there's a lot, a whole lot of mediocre right there. All right. That's the football portion of the pod. It is time for uh, the fastest growing segment of the podcast. Everybody loves it. Dad talk. It's the one that gets Caitlin's attention over in the knee neighbor house. Uh, and I'm sure it's the one that keeps Lauren up at night, listening to all the things that come out of dad talk uh, from Ryan. I'm sure there's some good stuff. Zach, you said you might have an apology for dad talk. I want to hear it. Uh, yeah. So Carter and I went and saw um, the hunger games movie this weekend. Okay. And which which I thoroughly enjoyed, um, but I enjoyed the book as well. And I know some people weren't huge fans of the book. 
Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like I like some of the geopolitical stuff that's in there, you know. But um, I, I've had some rants before about the movie theater experience. <laughs> and I will tell you, uh, Andover Cinema knocked it out of the park. My wife has moved officially to every movies at Andover Cinema. She yeah, does not we, go to. We, she does not go to showplace. And and I I will say you know the the ticket prices were reasonable. They weren't out of hand. I think it was like eight fifty. Very with, fair for a Saturday afternoon. Um, concessions were you know they're fine. They're maybe a little pricey, but whatever. I mean that's part of the you, you know the cost of doing business. But I'll tell you, man, like the the process of getting my seats was easy. There were only three previews that took seven minutes because that's been a big complaint of mine. You go in and you get like 24 minutes of previews before a three hour movie. Yeah, that's like, tough. Like that's I, it, it shocks me. Like, I, you know, my only thing that I don't like and it's not an end over cinema or any cinema thing is I, I just think. Movies in general are getting too long right now. Thank you. I completely agree. I don't I hold my a, hand up. Totally supportive. Of I don't that. need a three hour mega pick every time. Um, and, and I knew that like going into this, like I, you know, reading the book, I, I don't want to get into spoilers or anything, but the book is broken into three parts and the book is quite long and it kind of felt like, okay, this probably could have been two books, right? They probably could have gone part one and two. And then part three is a separate book. It also probably could have been a separate movie. Um, sure. You know, and they could have gone an hour 45 and then they could have beefed up the second part and done another hour 45. But that was my only complaint. Otherwise, I thought they were great. So I will apologize to the movie industry. I have said this many times on Peak Cinema. And Lauren, I'm so glad Lauren's on my side on this, Rhino, that... Uh, Movies in general, I could cut 15 minutes out of damn near every movie. If not, what is wrong with 90 minutes or an hour 45? Like, why can't we do that? Like, what? Uh, there's so many movies I watch that are two hours, 210, 215, 220. And Hunger I'm like, Games was 245. Yeah. I, I'm like, I could cut 20 minutes out of that. No problem. Give, give me, you just give me the, give me the old snipper on the film and I could give us 20 minutes out of there. No problem at all. I just don't understand why we feel the need to have two hour and 30 minute movies. Like I just don't understand it. Now, some people will come back with, well, Hey, football games are three hours. Yeah. You know what? They're too long too. Uh, why? And even then I get a halftime. Half I can get up. I get a halftime. I get up. I can go get something to drink. You get a commercial every 15 or you know, every five minutes where you can get up and get something to drink too. And you know, back in the sixties and seventies, there were lots of three hour movies you know, and even earlier than that, but they had intermissions like plays. Like there's a lot of musicals that are two hours, 30 minutes, but you get 15 minutes in the middle to get up, go to the bathroom, get a drink, get some to, you know, get a snack. And it helps re-energize you for the back half of the show. But movies make you sit there for two hours, 45 minutes, and nobody's got the attention span for that anymore. Like nobody. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's fine if it's the occasional movie that's like that, but it just feels like they're all like that now. They're all like that. I think, I think part of the problem is the the art of it, right? Yeah. The, <laughs> we, we've got to have our noses up in the air, and um, you know, it's all highbrow, and I think that's part of the problem. 
It's what I really like. The only movie I saw last summer was Super Mario Brothers. It's the only one because it, I, it, my wife said it's 90 minutes. I'm like, in, sold. I'll be there. Sounds great. And it was my, it was enjoyable as hell. Enjoyable as hell because it was 90 minutes long. I was like, oh, quick, efficient. Didn't need to overthink this. Worked perfectly. Loved it. Didn't I, need I any think more than that. my movie watching has been reduced to the stuff that I go to with Carter. Yeah, he goes to some of the superhero movies um, that I've gone to with him, and you know we did Hunger Games. I I don't know if I saw anything else besides that this year. You know, but well, part that's part of the problem though too. I mean, it feels like a lot of the movies are superhero movies. Yep, they got to go away. I know Ryan's a big superhero movie guy, but we need like a five year moratorium on superhero movies. Like not one. Don't make one for five years. Like, let us miss it and then bring it back. The problem that I have is, like, so we go to him, and he clearly enjoys parts of it that I don't understand. Like, I'm like, okay, he's enjoying this way more than me. I'm missing something because I I haven't seen them all. Right. Right? But they're making reference to things, and he's into it, which is great. It's all the inside jokes. Right, right. But for me, I'm like, uh, yeah. You know, I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, I'm, and I'm just looking now at like the top movies released in 2023 and I don't see, I don't recognize anything that I, uh, that I went to. And this is where peak cinema comes in because like I try to pick movies, Ryan, like we're going to watch the Warriors this week and the Warriors was what a buck 40 buck 30. And yeah. I, you know, and boy, that's, it just clips right along. You love it, right? Just, I, I just think we could benefit Hollywood if they want to restart the process of coming back and like really getting the attention of the public again. They, I think they got to start with, you know, let's shorten the films, let's do more comedies, let's make the film experience more enjoyable and a little less of a slog. Do you do you think part of the issue is that they're reluctant to make any comedies because everything is offensive to someone now? do think that's some of it. Like, I do think there are guys that are afraid to make certain movies because they're worried about how it's going to be received, which is why I tip my cap to Jennifer Lawrence, who did No Hard Feelings this summer, last year. And that's a, like that's the only raunchy movie I've seen in years, in like three to four to five years. Is that the one I, where I, she's I think... dating? Yeah. Some... Yeah, for the car, like yeah, the 19-year-old yeah. for okay. the car. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I'm like, that's like the only one. Like that, there's nothing that's even resembling that in the last five years. I think part of the problem is uh, Mike Birbiglia is one of my favorite comedians. He has a a bit, sort of. It's a point he makes on his podcast that comedy requires uh, a shared premise, right? You, we have to agree on the premise for something to be funny. And I think that yeah, you know, of people being offended is certainly part of that. But I, I think that like. A lot of really great comedy is finding irony and critique. You know, kind of satire is is certainly popular, but I think that that's really important comedy, and and I think that you know we don't do enough of that anyway. But I don't think we agree on premises enough for things to be truly funny to everybody. Uh, I think comedies are are really divisive right now, uh, and I think that there's a lot going on throughout the world that I don't, I don't know that everybody feels like they want to laugh. 
and and the audience has kind of got to want to laugh a little bit and artists got to want to create things that make them laugh a little bit. And this is, we talked about this on peak cinema that I feel like we need more movies like airplane today that are just humor, right? It's just slapstick, stupid, funny, go turn your brain off for an hour and a half kind of thing. We're all thinking so damn much. Just take a break, right? It's, you know, I don't even know that, we need to have a social commentary, right? Just go out and, and make a funny movie. See, that's what I would argue. We need less social commentary in general in the movies. Just make the movie. Like Superbad, there's, Superbad would never get made today. Like just never. Nobody would would make Superbad. Nobody. And yet I watch Superbad and I laugh my ass off still because I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be offended by it. And they didn't make a movie that was attempting to like say anything politically. They were just like, we're going to do a lot of like dick jokes and it's going to be a lot of just nonsense for like an hour and 40 minutes and just, just deal with that. Like that's what it's going to be. Tim, how much do you think like your students have seen some of those, the movies from our prime? I would argue very few. Like I think some have seen American pie. Cause I, we've asked like, I, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I we're doing a time capsule project in humanities, the cl- new class that I'm teaching. And one of the assignments is to create like a digital time capsule of your high school era. Like just all the things that sort of define your your generation. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, think of the movies you've watched. Think of the music you listen to and think of all the fashion trends and things like that. And they're like, can you agree on a movie? Like what's the coming of age movie? And they're like, oh, I don't really think there is a coming of age movie. They're like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, well, like in our youth, it was American pie. Everybody for like a six year run, eight year run saw American pie, right? It was sort of like a rite of passage. And the only movie that these kids that it's old that they have seen that they can kind of agree on is they've all kind of seen the breakfast club, but they have not seen American pie. I have, they have not, not seen s- breakfast club. You haven't seen breakfast club. Nope. Really? Really? I figured everybody saw breakfast club. Like fast time, nobody's, none of these kids have seen fast times at Ridgemont high. So like when we called the kid Spicoli last year in the halls, because he kind of looked like Jeff Spicoli, they were like, what does that, what does that mean? Like, what do you, what do you mean? And then you had to show them Spicoli, but they still don't get the reference. They don't understand it. And you're like, he was like an iconic cultural figure for like 20 years, you know, (laughs) like, I can't believe we haven't seen it, but yeah, I, I really believe like if kids, if it hasn't been made in the last 10 to 15 years and it's not like a superhero movie or a true crime TV show or something they can find on Netflix. They're out. Like well, they just have not seen it. I, I brought it up because I, you know, I picked up my daughter and her boyfriend from college uh, on the Thanksgiving break. That had to be a fun drive home. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I like John, right? I know okay. John, I coach John in football. So, okay. Well, that's fine enough then. Right. Like, so I so it's not like it was an awkward like, hey, I just met this guy three hours in the car now. His name is Snake. He's got like a yeah. you know a full arm tattoo like Rhino and <laughs> yeah no John John was on the football team, um, last year. But anyway, uh, so I was we were talking about stuff you know just from college and I was like oh that sounds kind of you know I was making like an old school reference. <laughs> or because you know, like there's a there's a there's a Greek life is a big thing at NDSU, really, and they they have no clue on old school, neither of them. And then I was like, well, what about like Animal House? No clue. Revenge of the Nerds. You know, 
but that's what I'm like. I'm like, so we, like, I don't know, but like for me, like Animal House was not my generation, but our parents had us watch it at some point. And we were aware of it. Right. So like we didn't maybe know it or it wasn't our movie, but we were aware of its existence. There were a lot of guys with Belushi posters in in their dorm rooms. Toga, to, you know, yeah, food fight. Yeah, yeah, we were all at least aware of the bit. But so I, yeah, kids are not aware of the bit. interesting that they don't. Not even aware of like, we're streaking. You know, yeah, right. nothing from Will Ferrell. Like they don't know a Will Ferrell movie. Like they really don't. So there's like, I asked the kids, I'm like, hey, how much Will Ferrell? Have you? Like, nah, we don't, haven't seen a Will Ferrell movie. Like Elf maybe. Like they're like, I've seen yeah. maybe Elf. But I'm like, so you haven't seen like Anchorman, you know, or... You know, even like Step Brothers or any like no, we haven't seen any of those. Like, oh Jesus. Like what is going on here? It's just uh, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Um, but they've seen every episode of Friends, every episode yeah. of True Crime of uh Criminal Minds. Yeah, uh, ninety seven times over. And the office. And the office. They've yep. seen every episode of that. Yep, have seen every episode of that. That is good. Uh otherwise on the you know, dad front, there's not a whole lot going on. We did we did preview a couple of schools as we're trying to figure out where to send Garrick next year. Ooh. Um, so that was on our plate and we're still, you know, sorting that out. We have, we've got a couple more days here before time flies. Yeah. But you know, it's like, well, you got to do it all in December now. Yeah, you do the next year, you, do. you know? Yep. Pretty soon. That'll be Ryan's thing. Ryan will be looking at preschools and a few years about college. Few years for that. You know, well, it's just it's hard because you're like, what's the end game here? Like, you know, like we're 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 in a boundary for an elementary school we're not thrilled with, right? So then it's like, well, are we? If you end up somewhere else, are we looking at like eventually in a different high school? Then, like, I, you know, there's just all those layers to it, and it's like 15 years away still, you know. Not well, you have time though. to at least change that path and try new things. And well, that's what I said because Caitlin, you know, we were talking about one elementary school, and she's like, "Well, what if he gets into the elementary school, but then down the road he can't go to the high school, and he's they want him to go back to his boundary high school?" And I was like, "Well, then we'll move." Yeah, you cross that you bridge. Know, when I'm, you I'm get like, there. I know, I know, because she, she's she doesn't want to move because I've brought it up. I've brought up you're, moving. You're not married to the house you're living in right now. Not well, married. I'm to just it. you know like. Our our house has gone up in worth the last five years since we bought it. We could move to something else, um, you know, but we like our neighbors. We like where we're at. It's not that we don't like the house or the neighborhood or anything. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I kind of mentioned, I'm like, if, if we're going to move, now's the time, right? Like, And you can open and roll anywhere, honestly, because like you can live where you live and open and roll. Like you can do that. We got kids all over the place that live in Blaine that go to Anoka or live in Champlin and, you know, and Andover, same thing. There's kids all over the place. But, you know, you want to have, I I guess it's it's maybe not as important now as maybe it was when we were kids, right? Just because of the technology and everything. But like, hey, like go play sports with the kids that you're going to go to school with. with, That's fair. Yeah, that's true. And some of that growing up, but um, so I, you know, I've been like, "Hey, we could move," and she's like, "No, I'm done moving." <laughs> whoa, whoa, that's the forever home. That's well, that's I don't, it. Huh? I don't know about that, but I mean, you know, I'm like, well, it could be ten, fifteen years, maybe we're moving or something. But 
she just, you know, she moved a lot. Yeah. And I wifey could wifey could talk me into moving. She doesn't want to. She's pretty content. I could I could definitely move. I feel maybe I'm living a little nomadic, but I, I could move. I could use a higher ceiling for a golf simulator. How how long have you been there? This will be five years this April. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been like here forever. At the same time. Yeah. We need to, yeah, we kind of, you know, we're trying to like wait it out. We know that our house is worth more than it was obviously when we started, but then we know that everything costs more everywhere right. else you go. And it's like, man, I don't know. So it is one of those things. Rhino, how's things over there? Kids sick. Everything sucks. Uh, <laughs> we threw up last night. Wife is sick. I'm getting sick. Uh, we're firmly into the holidays. Everything is trash. Uh, and I like the holidays. I'm sick of working. Uh, I need a vacation. I got to wait till February. Uh, I don't know. Everything's awful. Here's the thing. Every time I go to my freaking family's house, we all end up sick. I don't, I don't know what it is that they're, that they're holistically healing over there, but it ain't fucking working. And every time... I go over there to your petri dish, and and I contract some some virus that has been left undiscovered in the dirt of my brother brother and sister's house that their kids dug up and ate and passed on to my son who coughed in my fucking mouth. Uh, you know it, it's it's all great, right? Thanks for getting your kids vaccinated. Not you're just you're just passing disease after disease from your family onto mine as though you know your family's failed immune system is is. You know, something I want to be a part of. I don't even know if I want to go to Christmas because Lord knows what we're going to come home with. We're going to have a pile full of gifts that we don't need in a house that we don't have space to hold them. We don't even have a freaking toy box yet. And we're going to come home with that and about seven new undiscovered viruses. We're going to be like patients zero through two on, on some amalgamation of horrible, horrible diseases that's going to lead us to the new pandemic. And it's all going to have stemmed from my family's Petri dish of a house because no one takes care of their kids over there and they all get sick every freaking week it's awful i hate it happy freaking holidays where's the tylenol <laughs> ryan you are one week early on the airing of grievances uh <laughs> well you're gonna hear it again because they're gonna we're gonna be over there again on friday uh kieran is and and lauren and i are going out if we feel up to it because we have plans to go out on friday night but Lord Do you knows plan on putting if, him in like a ski mask or like, is he, I'm going to put him in a freaking bubble. He's going to be bubble boy over there. Like just, I, I want everybody with, with loads of hand sanitizer, just leave my kid alone, put him in the corner, set him up watching bluey or something. Let him like, let the cousins roll him around a little bit, but nobody coughs on my kid. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am always sick whenever I bring him home from my parents' house. Could it be that you wear shorts and flip-flops in 20-degree weather? No, because I've done that for 10 that. years and I've been fine. But the problem now. Is, the problem is this. I have a kid who isn't used to this, who incubates these diseases and then spreads them around my house. And my wife and I get sick and, and nothing gets better. Maybe stop having Lauren spit in your mouth. <laughs> I will not compromise on that. That will continue to happen. Some things, some things are not are not worth stopping. <laughs> there are ab- there are absolutes here. That. <laughs> We're gonna find out pretty quickly if Lauren listens to Dad Talk. That's for uh, for sure. We're also gonna find out if Ryan's family listens to Dad Talk, as I'm sure we'll get plenty of uh, feedback. By the way, TimPodcast.podbean.com. 
uh, facebook.com slash Tim Podcast, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, please like, subscribe, leave a comment, tell a friend. Uh, we would appreciate you doing that, Rhino. <laughs> Rhino, I wish I could give you a hug, brother. Oh, my Lord. I don't. I don't want to catch whatever he's got. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't screw with it. You know what? I take back my comment about the cardigan earlier today. I'm, Thank you. Wear, wear your cardigan. Like be, I, I, be I need whatever comfort I can have at this point. Have you thought about lighting made, a candle or something? I, like, I have a candle lit in the other room. I have a. Uh, I, I had lasagna for dinner tonight. Like just a frozen lasagna. There's just zero effort over here at this point. Just Ryan has a shirt that says Fauci's a genius. He should wear that to the next uh, to the oh, next family God. gathering. Maybe I should. Uh, Tim, Tim, we do need to do a hot stove here coming up. We absolutely do. We got, I was going to, I, you know, I was hoping if we had nothing for dad talk, I'd drop some Otani stuff on you, but you're right. Let's do a, let's book, like maybe try to get a weekend, you know, maybe a late night. If you're, you know, good and buzzed and, and whatnot, let's do like a good 45 minute hour hot stove pod. We need to get one in there. We got to talk Otani. We got to talk Juan Soto. We got to talk uh, another Japanese player just signed with the San Francisco Giants today. And that wasn't even Yamamoto, the guy I mean, that they're looking a, at as the pitcher. He's from the Korean Baseball League. Oh, Korea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have to talk about him. Uh, I'm still waiting. Yeah. Yama, is it Yamamoto is the pitcher that everybody thinks is going to the Yankees or the Mets or something like that? That's supposedly he's like he met with the Dodgers. Oh, really? And well, the good, they'll defer that contract also till 2075 or whatever the hell. Oh, Otani is at, they have absolutely rigged the system. They have to veto that my, major league baseball. My favorite but. meme of, of the whole Otani thing is the one I sent to you guys of, uh, when he walks in to collect his other 680 million. And it's just a picture of Joe Pesci walking <laughs> into the room in, in Goodfellas. Right. Magic before Tom, Johnson is standing there and right before Tommy DeVito gets shot right there. Yeah. <laughs> And Joey Cutlets and Joey Cold Cuts is standing right there too, or whatever that'd be. That's from Bob Does Sports, I guess. No, Joey Cold Cuts wasn't there last night. But yes, hot stove baseball talk. Have to do it. Um, there's a lot to get to. We got a lot of pod Paris stuff. Uh, I think I'm fashioning getting a, a nice, uh, a good pod Paris for the winter break as well. Uh, more peak cinema if Lauren's healthy uh, and Ryan's healthy by Thursday. We'll see what their mood is. But we're supposed to talk Warriors, the Warriors. Um, which is one of my all-time faves. Ryan probably watched. Did you watch it today, Ryan? We are watching it tomorrow night. Okay. No wonder. Because Ryan, I thought Ryan hasn't watched it yet because Ryan would be killing me right now if I, if he, because I, I just have a gut feeling he's going to hate the We'll save it for the pod, but I generally dislike most movies, so. Good point. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the weekday recap pod. We only got a couple of these recaps left. Remember, next week, the airing of Grievances, the fourth annual Festivus podcast. Airing of grievances, maybe even feats of strength. Will Ryan lift something on the pod next week? You told Stay me I'm not allowed to that. throw discs on desks. We anymore. we will talk about that when we get to it. So till next time, for Zach, for Ryan, this is Tim saying keep your head up, and we'll see you.